Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk on a Sunday afternoon, Victory Sunday here in Starkville. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. we'll thank them a little later. Never mind. Got to get. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's still yeah. it's still early season for us all. Let's thank College Corner. I got a text or a tweet yesterday that said Brian. I've been on campus. I haven't seen any maroon is all that matters shirts. You did it. I don't now look. I think it's too early to declare victory. All right, we haven't seen everybody. Yeah, we haven't seen. They haven't had big crowds yet. LSU weekend potential for maroon is all that madness is maroon is all that matters. Maroon is all that matters is there. They're just—they're so, starting to disintegrate at this point. At this, I, mean, I mean, they're 17 years old. Yeah, the, eventually so, they're just going to die off. So, but I tell you what, I appreciate that, and we've done it thanks to the help of our friends at College Corner, providing great new Mississippi State merchandise. Still, national championship stuff to wear. If you want to grab that, go that route. But a lot of great stuff. Saw the new game day polos uh, that my our friend Joel T. Coleman was wearing. Woo, that was wearing uh, Saturday, and I mean they look sharp. So, if you haven't already, head over to College Corner. Shop at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco, no surprise, that place was packed uh, Friday night and on Saturday afternoon with the couple times that I went by. You guys have heard the word, and the word is delicious. It is Starville's newest and best Mexican restaurant. Such a unique menu. Stuff for everybody, that every kind of eater you've got in the family. Go to the patio. The weather was fantastic this weekend. Just sitting out there with some chips and salsa and a handcrafted margarita or an ice cold beer, and then grab some of those great tacos. You just can't beat that. So, next time you're in Starkville, and that will be in two weeks, make sure Humble Taco is on your list. Mississippi State 24, North Carolina State 10. We'll talk about predictions a little later in the show. But I was impressed by what I saw in some aspects. In some aspects, there's still some work to be done. I know one man is going to tell us exactly what's on his mind. Without any further ado, tell him, Falk! Well, here's what I know, Brian. I know you're going to do things that are true. Okay. Mississippi State's defense is what we thought it was. Okay. They are what we thought it was. Um, I, I think that the first week was little bit of a fluke you had the two big plays but yeah. we did discuss the fact that Mississippi State outside that big run from Austin Kendall against Louisiana Tech mm-hmm. that the defense against the rush was outstanding yes. they gave up two yards of rush I believe mm-hmm. um, in that ball game mm-hmm. and what did we say was going to happen in this game Jack Arnett was going to sell out to mm-hmm. stop the run mm-hmm. and make North Carolina State throw the football and that's exactly what he did and it was actually, to me, even more impressive defensively than I thought. 25 carries for 32 yards. This is a team – I mean, this is 
This is comparable to me to what they did to Georgia last year, I Mm -hmm. thought. 25 times they ran the football, and they could only muster 32 yards, uh, 1.3 yards a rush. Mississippi State outrushed them per carry. Yeah. And Mississippi State was not good yesterday running the football. No. This is a team that ran the ball for 300 yards nearly last week. Two guys rushed for over 100 yards. You had two big, bulky running backs. And, hey, that was one of the best offensive lines Mississippi State is going to see this year, in my opinion. And Mississippi State sold out to stop the run. They got pressure, nine tackles for loss, four sacks. I thought Jaden Crumity, that that might be one of the better offensive tackles in the country at left tackle. Mm-hmm. Jaden Crumity just ate his lunch. Yeah, I mean, he had his way with him. And I thought that was, that was impressive. He made some money on Saturday. Jaden mm-hmm. Crumity did. He, he's got a chance to move up some draft boards if he keeps playing like that. So, it was good to see Mississippi State's defense get back to form. Zach Arnett challenged that crew to be better this week. I mean, he basically came out and said, I did horrible in that ballgame, which I appreciate by Zach Arnett to come out and and basically, you know, most of the time he's not throwing his players under the bus. He's saying he's got to do better as a coach. Mm-hmm. That's what you look for in a leader and a defensive coordinator. And he basically said, you know, we got to do a better job this week, and they did. They absolutely did. I thought the defense was the reason the Mississippi State won that football football game. And, uh, you know, the offense kind of is what it is at this point. I mean, there's there's still some concerns for me looking at that offense, and it's why mm-hmm. we both picked mm-hmm. North Carolina State in this ballgame. Yeah. And, I mean, if you watched the, the first game of the season and didn't come away concerned, then I, I think that you're just ignoring some big issues for Mississippi mm-hmm. State. But – Here's the here's the bottom line, Brian. They've won two ball games. Yeah, they've won. They've played two ball games and they've won both of them. And this one was a major challenge. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to turn around and say North Carolina State wasn't a good team. Right. I'm not gonna try to come in here and say that you know just they they destroyed a bad South Florida team last week, so they're fool's gold. I still think this is a good team. I I, th- I still think they're going to be competitive in the ACC this year. So. I'm not going to take anything away from North Carolina State. I'm going to give Mississippi State the glory in this one, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So I I was really impressed with defense. And, again, Tula Griffin sparked them on special teams to start the ball game. I have absolutely no reason um, to believe that Mississippi State's defense won't be like that moving forward. Mississippi State on the season has given up 705 total yards. A hundred and let me see if I can do the math here. A hundred and fifty-one of them are on two plays: seventy-two yard pass and a fifty-nine yard run. So maybe it's one hundred and forty-one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was one thirty-one, wasn't it? Is that right? I can't do math. I, if I remember right, seventy-two. But yeah, that's right. One hundred seventy-two. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So we're talking about five hundred and sixty yards of offense in two games mm-hmm. outside of two plays. Pretty good. That's what this defense good. is. That's what, this defense is going to be yeah. kind of boomer bust, like yeah. on big plays. Well, it's a lot more boom right now. Yeah, and, and and to Zach Arnett's credit, I think I I compared this matchup to Georgia mm-hmm. last year, mm-hmm. but I said NC State doesn't have the the, right. the guns. Right. So Zach Arnett said we're going to have a similar game plan to that, but I feel much more comfortable with my secondary against their guys. Yeah. And that's basically what happened. They were chunking the ball down the field. And overthrowing players, players are dropping passes. There were still big plays to be made, yeah. 
But Zach Arnett knew that he had confidence that, that his defense was going to come up mm-hmm. big in this game, and they did. I agree. Well, let's move on into the next part of the show, and that's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. All right, so here's the deal on Welcome Home Beef. I got We got an update on some on some new things here. Looks like, unfortunately, Val's Marketplace is going out of business. What? Yeah, I, I received this information. So, here's what we're going to do. We're opening back up on University Drive. If you want to do a call-in order starting on September the 20th, call this number, 662 662- 769-1412, another phone number. They've done it to me again, Robbie. And you can place your orders for game day weekends. So they, you know, they will have steaks available for you. Ribeyes, strips, T-bones, porterhouse, sirloin, fillets, tri-tip, and picanha. All the classics. Everything you want to grill out in the junction is available at Welcome Home Beef while, until further notice. And the store will be back open. So, 662-769-1412. Call that number, place your order with Welcome Home Beef, and get some of the best steaks you ever had on the grill next Saturday when Mississippi State takes on the LSU Tigers in a huge game here in Starkville. Don't miss it. Now again, that number is 662-769-1412. Welcome Home Beef. It just tastes good. I was not wrong about two brothers either. Drove past there Saturday night after the game, and buddy, the line was down the block trying to get into there. I ate at Two Brothers on Friday, and it was fantastic. And, you know, I wasn't the only celebrity in there, for lack of a better word. I, I am not a celebrity. This other guy was, though. Uh, Chris Lamonis or something. Oh, he, who who's that? I, I didn't look. I'm sure people – but I had like four or five people come say hello. I really wanted to be like, I wonder how many people have said hello to him. <laughs> am I beating him? I don't know. Uh, but that said, he he looked, he was having a good time, and I know that I did. And I do every time I go to Two Brothers. So make sure that's on your to-do list next time you're in Starkville. Grab some smoked southern soul food at Two Brothers. Smoked meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Advantage Business Systems takes care of your business with a two-way plan, just like Mike Leach and Zach Arnett. The first half of the plan is this, a selection of technology, copiers, printers, computers, software, everything your business needs to thrive. And then every, the second part of the plan, the defense, is back every sale with the kind of customer service you would expect from your next-door neighbor. And that's what Advantage Business Systems is. They are your next-door neighbor. They take care of you and the rest of the state of Mississippi, and they've been doing it for 46 years. Why don't you call them today find out how they can help you. 601-362-9192 is the number. 601-362-9192. Call Advantage Business Systems at, or go to their website at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Robbie, some things in this life are just true, and I've got some of those things right now. These are the things that are true. Ten of them this week. We got okay, not, not as many as last week. Not as many, not as many. That can be good or bad. Let's start. It, it's, it's, it, I think I'm, pretty, I'm very positive today. Very positive. Okay. We'll see how it goes, though. Uh, number one, guys, if I could pick them all right, I wouldn't live here. I, I love Starkville and all, but if I could pick them all right, buddy, I'd be on an island somewhere. We're in Vegas. All right. All right. Going to get some picks wrong every now and then. But here's the deal, and I, I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. And I got to say it to some of y'all, because some of y'all don't get it, all right? Because y'all are the same people who crush the Ole Miss media for being homers. But then you turn around and you're like, I just don't understand why you would pick against Mississippi State. Guys, I'm going to tell you what I think. Right or wrong, it's what I think. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't care if I'm wrong. I didn't lose any money on it. 
You and I are on the same page with this. I, I don't understand I'm not going that. to just pick Mississippi State for the sake of picking Mississippi State. I'm just not. And look, we, we discussed this game all last week. Yeah. We talked about the, we We sat through the La Tech game. There were people screaming at Mike Leach from the stands. People want Mike Leach fired in the third quarter. Yeah. And those same people were upset yeah. that we picked NC well, State. But I did not forget what happened last week. Here, and, and all we can do is, is go with what we've right. seen with Mississippi State and NC State. I picked State to lose to NC State before the season started. Yes. What could I have seen on Saturday against Louisiana Tech that would have made me change my mind? Nothing. If State had come out there and won the game 45-7 to and Rodgers had just been flinging the ball down the field and the defense had been great, I would have probably, I might have picked State to win. I probably would have been like, look, they look better than I thought. They're playing at home. Here we go. But State barely scraped by a Conference USA team, and NC State went on the road and dominated a, 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 you know, a bad team, but they dominated them. Why would I pick Mississippi State? They beat them worse than Florida you did. And, and it's not like we went against Vegas in some huge way. The game was basically a pick em. I, we picked NC State. I, I said State was going to win. State was going to lose by three points, so which is what that, they were projected to lose. And the by. idea that I don't come on this podcast and own it when I'm wrong—that's really kind of offensive, to be totally honest. Yeah, I, people act like people act people like we're like, supposed like, to be like. I'm not one of these people who's like, when I'm wrong, I try to find an angle where I'm still right. Yeah, State law, State won. I was wrong. Okay, move on. I mean, I, if I could pick we, them all right, guys. You would never see me again. <laughs> we we missed we missed some picks on uh on on the other SEC games as yeah, well. Yeah. So, so I, mean, I mean it's just if I could do it if I could get them all right guys you, you I, you'd see me pop up on Twitter every now and then just to make fun of Ole Miss. That's the, all I would do. Well, the only thing that bothers me is not people saying oh ha ha you picked Mississippi State yeah. to lose and they won. It's people just ignoring the the analysis that we added with that. Yeah. Well, well, we listen to the listen to to. What we're prefacing it's, our picks with. Listen to what we're talking so, about. They take that I pick against Mississippi State so personal. Personal, yeah. Like, guys, I just go ahead and tell you, it's not. The, I said it on Twitter last night. Won't be the last time when they play Alabama. No, not picking Mississippi State. Texas A and M on the road. Probably not picking Mississippi State. Although that game is closer in my mind now than it was two days ago. Yeah, you know. So that's how it is. Just, just let me yeah. make my picks. Number two. You know, I could probably count on two hands. The number of times MSU has won pretty. Guys, this is what you signed up for as an MSU fan. How is this different year any different than so far through the 1999 when they couldn't move, they couldn't run the football? They just get winning ugly and winning with defense. That is what Mississippi State's brand is. It has been since the beginning of time. Even in Dak Prescott's years, how many of the games were just like totally dominant, one, one, one snap of the ball to the other? You're always having to wait it out. You're always coming from behind. I mean, this is just what Mississippi State is. This is what you signed up for. You're a Mississippi State fan. You know? The fact that they can't move the football because they're passing now isn't any different than they couldn't move the football when they were running it the 160 years before this. So just, you know, this is what Mississippi State is. It always has been. It's going to be a grind. It's going to be a struggle. It's never easy. But if you win... It's all good. So, you know, breathe. Breathe. It's going to be okay. Number three. And I, th- I talked about this on the post-game show, which, by the way, don't know what happened with the Spotify audio for the post-game show. It was really good, I thought. I also wanted to give you guys a shout-out. Uh, I really appreciate, A, we're getting a lot of uh, engagement with that, which is fantastic. But, B, 
And Robbie, you can guess, right? Like when we started doing this, I'm like, I'm gonna give these people, I'm giving our fans a live mic. Yeah, you gotta be like, careful. I was worried. I was, I was a little worried, especially when it was 34 to 14 Louisiana Tech. I was like, it's gonna be, it's gonna be brutal. But you guys have come in and you're just asking questions, and we're keeping it clean and family friendly. I could not be more appreciative. We're gonna keep doing it. Can't wait for this weekend right after because we'll be, uh, you know, on the road, and I'm not in the stadium. I'll be at home, and uh, that should be a lot of fun. We'll have a good time with that. So. Uh, thank you guys. But my number three thing that is true is this. I said this on the on the post game. Maybe we're judging Will Rogers a little harshly. And what I mean by that is this: this is his, if I'm doing the math right, his seventh start. Mm-hmm. All right. On the season, he is averaging 332 passing yards a game, which has him on pace to break Dak Prescott's single season record. He's completing 75 percent of his passes. He's thrown five touchdowns to one pick, so he's on pace to throw. Around 32 touchdowns, if I'm doing the math right. Maybe 30. I mean, that's a pretty damn good season. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't know why we're putting as much pressure on him as we are. Uh, and, and listen, I'm the first guy yeah. to say that this offense has a ceiling with right. him at quarterback. He's not going to be out there throwing darts every time. Right. He floats the ball a little bit. There's some mechanical things that right. you can work with there. He, but he also has a ceiling on what he can be. He's not Dak Prescott. No, but you can win with Will Rogers. Mm-hmm. You can absolutely win with Will mm-hmm. Rogers. You can win fairly big with Will Rogers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, I, you know, comments like, you know, he's a D2 guy. He's that, no. That's not true. He's in the SEC right now, and he's winning ball games in the SEC. Players rally around him, and he can run this offense. Now, are there some things that he can do much better? Yes. Yeah. He missed probably two touchdowns yesterday. Yeah. Um, threw the ball behind a, a couple of guys. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't perfect, mm-hmm. but the numbers are fine. And the again, numbers are fine. This is a guy in his seventh start. Imagine if he had just started as a true freshman in game seven. And, and went out there and was completing 75% of his passes and 5-1 to one touchdown. Inter- I mean, these are good numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that, you know, with Leach, we, we expected him just from day one to come in. I th- and I think the K.J. Costello, the first game, has, has people's brains are still skewed by that. Yeah. I mean, this, this guy's doing all right. He's doing all right. And, and the most importantly, they're winning. They, he played better last night. He didn't turn the ball over, you know. The offensive line was, I can't, I don't even have a thing that is true for that. I, I think we need to, do, to donate a whole podcast to it about how much better the offensive line was. They looked outstanding. Game one to game two. I mean, uh, the the only thing that you can really complain about is, is a couple of penalties on Dollar Bill. Right. Well, that's just one and, guy, though. I mean, and honestly, Dollar Bill played fine. Mm-hmm. It was just penalties. Yeah. That unit looked great. Yeah. Charles Cross was flawless. Fantastic. Uh, Scott really? Lashley was fine. So, yeah, I mean, but. So yesterday, some of the issues that were compounding for Mississippi State in the passing game was Will Rogers hanging on the ball a little too long. He's got to get rid of it a little bit quicker, and you know, missing a missing a guy here or there. Mm-hmm. But like you said, I mean, you're in game seven or eight as a starter in the SEC. I think he's done pretty well considering that, and he's going to be. I mean, he is the best guy for the job. A lot of people. St- you know, started panicking uh, early in the first quarter yesterday, and and wondering when they were going to try somebody else. But right. this is your guy. This, this is, guy. is your guy this year. Yeah. You're going to have to ride with Will Rogers, and if somebody Unless can beat Rogers him out, gets hurt, or he has an incredibly bad game, like he's going to have to throw like six interceptions, like Mike Kenny. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the only way. But I, I I think that maybe we should let the guy continue to grow. 
Let he's only grow. started seven games. He hasn't started a full season. Five of his games have been against SEC teams. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's seven is right. It's seven or eight. Well, I can do that. I guess I can do it. Vanderbilt, Georgia, Ole Miss, Auburn, Missouri, bowl game. That's his eighth start. And, and he pretty much in eight played starts, most of that Alabama game. In eight starts, he's thrown for like 2,000 yards. And I think, if I'm correct, 16 touchdowns to eight interceptions. So two to one. That's not bad. Maybe we're maybe we're a little harsh on Will Rogers. A little harsh. And I, I'm not give saying little, I'm give it a little bit of a leash. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come in here and be like, well, he's the, he's an All American, but no. He, I think we're I think we're a little hard on him. The, there's a ceiling on this offense, like I said, with him at quarterback. But he knows how to run it, and yeah. he's and the players yeah. um, rally around him. I think, like I said, you can win with Will Rogers. All right. Number four, you're going to have to force feed the ball to Tulu Griffin, Jamar, Jameer Calvin, and Jaden Wally. Those three guys don't need to leave the field unless they are dead tired. Makai Polk is good, but I mean, if you're switching Polk, Heath, Ducking, Thomas, whatever. And, you know, Austin Williams has got his role in this offense for sure. But those three guys need to be on the field as much as possible. Those are your three best playmakers. All right. Between the three of them, they need 20 touches a game. And Tulu, again, yesterday, did get a whole lot of opportunities. He had three catches on three targets. He caught everything that was thrown to him. Had two for 29 in the first game. Yeah. Three for 22 in this one. Yeah. And then he's done what he's done on special teams. Special teams. You just got to get in the ball. They got to find some some screens. I want to see some jet sweeps. I want to see some some tosses. They don't do a lot of that, but they need. They he never does a jet sweep. They need. Well, what they might need to do then, and you mentioned the toss play, is put Tulu in the backfield for a couple plays. Yeah. I mean, they need to do something. They got to get him the ball a little bit more. And then Wally and Calvin, they need to get the ball more. You're gonna have to force them the ball. You're gonna have to find. You're gonna have to call plays that are like he's the primary target. The screens, the tunnel screens, things like that. I like Heath. That was a great touchdown catch. He certainly has. He can have a big role in this offense. Uh, Rara Thomas. He had a drop the last night, but he has shown you some things. I like him. Ducking. We'll see. And I, and Austin Williams. You're not gonna get rid of the guy. He, he's too good. He's too valuable. But those three guys, 20 touches a game between the three of them. Nice bounce back from Dylan Johnson led the team in receiving. He did. Six Dylan catches. Johnson had a nice bounce back game. Six catches was was second most and Paul, then 70 Paul yards. Paul going to owe me lunch, by the way. They're not going to get anywhere close to 80 yards rushing a game. No. No. I'm no. Not, that, that, that lunch is mine. They, they looked more – last night they looked more like what we saw – from them last year, most of the yeah. season running the ball. They just couldn't yeah. – they tried to run and it on first you, you down. You talked about that during the game. On first down, they were unable to run the football. It was like the de- it was like the defense knew they were going to run on first down. Yeah, which is weird. And, you think it would be the other way around. you think you'd have success. So they had second and nine A lot. routinely. Yeah. But those three guys – if state those three guys are SEC playmakers, period. They just are. Number five, dollar bill. Someone's got to give here, all right? You can be – you can have some off-the-field issues – when you're performing on the field. And you can, if you're a good team guy, you can get past some some you know subpar play. But we can't have both. We can't have getting arrested on Monday and have four penalties on, on Saturday. We just we can't have that. So I don't know what it needs to be. I don't know if he needs to come out of the starting lineup. I don't know if he needs to have a come-to-Jesus meeting. I don't know what it is. But someone's got to give with Dollar Bill. He was like the first guy off the bus yesterday at the dog walk. Yeah, like, yeah I mean, I mean, 
Mike Leach said that he was one of the guys, like the big leaders last week. That's great. I, <laughs> but just not translated on the field. He's got, I think in, in two games, he's had seven penalties called on him. I mean, yeah, I, I mean he that's had, unacceptable. He had, had a late hit. Two false starts, I think, or a something. A holding and a late hit. I mean, it was, it was too much. I can't I mean, have it. Can't it, have they it. had to have had. I don't think. I don't think Cole Smith was healthy. Something. Yeah. There's something's not right because, uh, because they had no other choice. Uh, I, I don't guess. know if Nick Jones can't slide inside or what, but something's got to give there. You you can't go on like this. Yeah. He he's got to be. He's costing he's you twenty five yards of field position again. You can't have that. There was a couple of plays. I think they had first downs yep. in big plays that got called back yep. because of so. his penalties. Number six. You know, when we think about cornerbacks, we think about flashy guys. We think about Deion Sanders. You know, great in pass coverage, but not guys that exactly want to stick their nose in there. You know, that, that's a unicorn to, to steal from uh, Scott Foxhall. You know, physical cornerback, that's a unicorn. State has two. Mm-hmm. They have two guys that absolutely will put their helmet in there and knock you out. Emmanuel Forbes, one of his best games, I thought, last night. Good in coverage, but every time they threw short and threw out to the edge, Emmanuel Forbes is in there busting that up. Martin Emerson, about the same. Uh, the one big catch he gave up, a lot of you guys were uh, on Twitter telling me that that ball was out of bounds and should have been, uh, should have been, uh, what's what I'm looking for, overturned. So, they're as good as I'll ride with them. Uh, they're as good as anybody in the country. I still think Stingley is making his his bones off his freshman year. I'll I'll take Emerson and Forbes over any cor- corner duo in the country. They're good. They're really really good. I'm looking forward in two weeks to the matchup with uh, whoever's out there on Keyshawn Boutte. So, and the thing I really too, Memphis can move the ball. The thing I really respect about Emmanuel Forbes mm-hmm. is he's not a big guy. He doesn't care though. Skinny. I mean, that dude comes in there like Jonathan Abram. Yeah. I mean, he does not care. He ca- he had a couple of hits around the line of scrimmage. Had a sack yesterday. Martin Emerson had some really big hits on some screen pass passes or run plays. That's what makes this defense so good against the run. Is everybody can come up and make a play. You know, Cam Dantzler was was a, was kind of like that when he was here too. He was pretty good against run support, so it's going to be tough for teams to just say we're going to run the ball down your throat because Mississippi State can come up there and strike you. Yeah, if your cornerbacks are giving you that kind of runs, and and also don't forget Forbes had a big sack on fourth down. They sent a corner blitz he in, did. and he just cleaned it out. So that pretty much ended. ended I mean, the game. State was in in control, but that that ended the game. That ended any any so, chance. That was on the what fourth and goal from the twenty one. And, yeah, yeah. He, he wrapped it up, so really, really good. All right, a little, little negative here. Careful. I, I'll just say number seven. What you saw from State, or what you've seen from State so far this year, that's good enough to win seven games. But it's not good enough to win more than that. If you want to win more, the offense has got to continue to progress. They've got to keep getting better. Um, I mean, right now, and I guess, I, you know, I got one more, but when you look at the schedule, there are seven wins there. Winnable games, easily winnable. To find to get the ones that are toss ups, or to have a chance in an upset, I mean, State scored seventeen points offensively. You know, they got they got a touchdown on Tulu Griffin, obviously, on, on special teams. And you know, maybe this is a team that can can get some points here and there on defense. And they're forcing turnovers, and that's obviously a good thing. But you seventeen points is not getting it done. You're gonna no. have you're gonna have to find a way. I will say this with State's defense, 28 is going to be enough to win most games. The first quarter was particularly rough by the Mississippi State offense. Awful. They came out, got the touchdown on the kick return. Mm-hmm. 
got to stop defensively, mm-hmm. got the ball back, and then it was like punt, 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 yeah. turnover on downs. And bad punts. Yes. So. And so and they put their defense in bad position. That's This defense is good enough to win nine games. Yeah. If your offense is it's playing – It's good enough to win ten. Could. You know? But, I mean, I look at that schedule and I say, if this, if this offense was playing up to Mike Leach's standards, this defense is good enough to – you should win all of those – toss-ups yeah and right now you know i'm still confused about what this team is that was a great win yesterday Mm -hmm. 14 point win and really it was worse than that they got a late touchdown yeah yeah so state State dropped the ball in the end or didn't drop the ball but there was a bad throw in the end zone state could have won by more so so, i mean state dominated that ball game Mm -hmm. they were nc state was never in that game and that's the game that we all thought or you and i both thought they were going to lose yeah so if the offense can just be consistent, mm-hmm. don't go f- don't go a whole quarter without scoring. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't until ha- right before the half where they finally scored, and that was on the fifth or sixth possession. They've got to show some consistency. They can't go in these ruts because the defense is – the fact of the matter is the defense is really good, but there's going to be some offenses out there, Auburn, um, you know, LSU possibly, if they're hitting on all cylinders, Ole Miss – those teams are not going to go five straight possessions without scoring. So Mississippi State's got to find a way to get some consistency there. And You know, the offensive line was good yesterday, but last week it wasn't good. So it just seems like they can't seem to put everything together at the right time. Right. That said, they're good enough. Yeah. But they, can, they could be a lot better if they figure things out. They are talented enough to be, Seven wins. you know, a really good oh, SEC yeah, yeah. team. Yeah. Number eight. Leach winning with defense is hysterical to me. Yeah. His whole career. His whole career has been predicated on this. Yeah, but he doesn't play defense. Oh, have you ever a had defense. a defense? Finally got a defense. And, and now the offense is not as good as you would think it would be. I am going to do – I talked about it in the post game last night. We're going to do a, a deep dive. I'm going to look deeper into the year two at Texas Tech and Washington State. I want to see what those numbers look like game to game. Mm-hmm. Like, is there a point in year two where it started to click? And they start it really to take off. If that's coming, that would be great for Mississippi State. Because number eight is this. I'm sorry, number nine, thing that's true, is this. Leach's ceiling is incredibly high. And what I mean by that is this. He, he's got the athletes. And he's got the defensive coordinator. State's going to be good defensively in Leach's tenure here. If the offense ever gets going at a Leach standard, yeah. now you've got something. Kind of a sleeping giant. You know, if... If, if his offenses do what they did at Washington State and what they did at Texas Tech, yeah, the I mean, he's going to have more talent here. The sky is the limit. He's going to have more talent here. Yeah. He's going to have, like you said, way better defenses. Right. So, and I, I realize the talent level around the SEC is significantly higher, too. Right. But, but he's made a living off of doing this, of beating teams with more talent than yeah. him by out-scheming them. The problem has always been he could never count on his defense. Now he can count on his defense. What what happens if this Mississippi State team with this defense averages thirty one points a game? They're in really good shape. They're in really good shape. I mean, they'll probably lose to Alabama. That's another what touchdown a game than it was last year. Yeah, no, so, ten points a game. Would that did they would they average last year? Twenty one. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's that's after ever ever after getting forty four in the first game. So yeah. I mean yeah. The, that's that's at least this is two what, more wins. If you you know, there's been a lot of criticism of John Cohen. This is what Cohen saw, mm-hmm. or the, this is I, I have to assume this is his plan. Is that 
Mississippi State recruits enough defensive talent to stay good on that side of the ball. And so Leach will have something in that he's never had before. If he can get his offense to his standard, you win a lot of football games. Now, it's still a process to get there. They're still working through that. And I think Cohen was involved in, like, we're going to get you a top-notch defensive coordinator. We're going to pay what it has to be paid. Yeah. You know, I think Arnett – it's going to be tough to hold on to Arnett because, as we saw yesterday, big jobs are going to be opening up and they're going to be wanting defensive coordinators and that's going to also lead up to smaller jobs opening up who are going to be wanting head coaches. And Zach Arnett's name is going to be at the top of those lists. I think his next stop is blue blood defensive coordinator mm-hmm. or smaller head, head or smaller head coach. I, I think he's going to go. You think he'll go to big like, time defensive coordinator and then from and right that, now, right now as we sit here, I mean LSU try to be a Kirby Smart. I know that LSU turned him down or he turned them down last year, but they're going to have a new head coach. USC is going to have a new head coach. Uh, he might want to get back out towards the west, and the west you know? coast would be a spot for him. Florida State, I mean, I don't think they would fire Norvell after two years, but they fired Taggart after two years, so I don't know. And By the did, way, we, we learned yesterday that in, that Notre Dame and Florida State are not both good. not nearly as good as we all not thought. Good. That was a flash. You know, Michigan, the, we'll have to see what happens with Harbaugh. They're, they're okay right now, but I mean, when they get into Big Ten play, you know they're going to blow a couple of games. Yeah. So I don't know. But I mean, shoot, Ohio State's defense looked awful. That, I mean, that's something. His defense. With their in the players, Big Ten. oh, running, running, running with a three-man front. Oh in the Big no, Ten. that's that's dangerous. Yes, so that's what I'm saying. The ceiling is high for Mike Leach. He's but he's got to. It's on him to get things going offensively. Number ten, and this is the most important one. Mississippi State's bowl bound. Two games in, we're, that that's done. They're beating Memphis. They're mm-hmm. beating Tennessee State. They're going to beat Vanderbilt. That's five. Yeah, they'll win one more. Yeah, that's six. So, and I think they could, like right now, I would say, even even beating them the way they did, I would still say Mississippi State can beat Arkansas, and I think they can beat Kentucky. Kentucky is good, but playing them here, you have the advantage. So, yeah, that, that, would, team, be, that would be seven. That, their defense actually doesn't look as good as I thought it was going to be. No, it's not. Kentucky, then, well, I, I, that, that's what, the question mark was quarterback and offense. Yeah. Well, now we're saying their offense is going to be pretty darn good because yeah. they have a dude that can sling it in, in a running game too. Yeah. The defense isn't that great. And then Ole Miss, ask yourself this about Ole Miss. Both teams are 2-0, right? Mississippi, Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Whose wins are better? Well, I mean, I would say State has the edge because I think La Tech is – Montex better than Austin, which P. they struggled against Southeastern Louisiana. But we, let, let's compare Louisville and NC State. NC, NC State, and NC let's State, compare NC State will go to a bowl and, La, and Louisiana and Louisville probably won't. Yeah. So so let, we'll compare Ole those. Two, so I would more, say Ole Miss has been more impressive, way more impressive. But State has better wins. They do. I I I'm I'm pretty high on Ole Miss. I, I look, look, Ole Miss is gonna be a good football team. Don't get me wrong. And what I saw, but from you Texas just never A&M, know with that game. What I saw with Texas A and M, but again. State lost by seven last year playing with 43 guys in Oxford. Why couldn't they, on a full roster in Starkville, win? I, I, you can do it. So It's a valid point. Uh, that's, how, that's how I'm looking at it. So, but that, That's one of those things. Like it, A lot of times you talk about you know what you know what you have at the first part of the season, and then everything changes at the end. All right. So let's do our, 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 our final MSU prediction again here. I started We're this every we, week. Yeah, we both had seven and five going into week one. We were both four and eight after week one. I'm back to seven and five. Yeah, my opinion is is back to seven and five All too. Right. I think I went. I went. Think I went down to 
I think you may have six, said five and seven, but five or six. But yeah, but we're seven, I, seven and five today. Yeah, I'm interested to see what they look like. Memphis is so bad defensively. Yeah, if State can't move the football, Memphis, it's going to be tough against LSU just because LSU is good enough defensively that they're going to hold State to. I mean. Ten to seventeen points. I don't know if State will hold LSU to that. But we'll and, see. And I don't think that Memphis is going to be able to score. No, not fifty points. No. No. I mean, this game sort of we obviously are ways off from making the real prediction, but it just sort of reeks of like forty nine twenty eight or something. I could say that, and you, like that. I think people would be okay with that. Yeah, I think so too. Well, that's enough of the things that are true. Right now, I want to talk about something important. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. Coffee is for closers. It's brought to you by our good friends over at Strange Brew Coffee House. Mississippi State fans are closers. Mississippi State closed out the game on Saturday. Head over to Strange Brew Coffee House. Two locations in Starkville, one in Tupelo. Start your day the right way with a drink from Strange Brew Coffee House. I think for Mississippi State, it was between two guys. It was between Dollar Bill and Tucker Day. I'm going to go Dollar Bill just because he had such a terrible week. You know, the off the field sort of takes you into it. I mean, he might get some watered-down Starbucks. He, he just gets the grounds. Just grounds <laughs> in, a, in a cup of hot, cold water. That's all Dollar Bill gets. Tucker Day doesn't get much either, though. But, but Dollar Bill, no coffee for you. In the SEC, oh, there was only one choice. <laughs> Tennessee, and you you got that you got, got that, that prediction one. correct. I had been looking at that game all summer and thinking that I thought Pitt could win. Uh, Joe Milton, how's this for an analogy? And he got hurt, obviously, but and I, I'm sure he'll be back. Joe Milton is a less accurate Chris Ralph. Ooh, I mean, great athlete, less accurate. He can run. He can't. I'm telling you right now, if Tennessee had a quarterback with any touch. This guy makes Nick Fitzgerald look like Tom Brady as far as touch goes. And I love Nick. I mean, Chris Ralph was throwing to the wrong guy one time. Yeah. And the other dude caught, a, but caught the touchdown. They had guys open, and he could not hit them. It was incredible. Yeah. Just overthrow, overthrow, overthrow. Yeah, I have no faith in Tennessee at this point. No, that, I, mean, that, I, I thought I thought, okay, they could get by Pitt they'll, and then they'll, they'll struggle. Win, they'll win three more games, maybe. maybe yeah, they're, four. Maybe the, four. this isn't going to be a good year for Josh so, Heupel. My company. favorite Chris Ralph story is the 2008 Egg Bowl. Where states gets down forty five nothing or whatever, they bring in Ralph. I'm like, all right, well he looks the part. And the first throw, it left his hand, and I was just like, I don't even know if God knows where that ball's going. <laughs> like it just left his hand. Like good luck, good luck. Ball went like twelve yards out of bounds. I'm like, who? He he didn't even know who he was throwing to. Look, anybody that complains about what they see from here on out in Mississippi State football, yeah. I implore you to go watch the 2008 Mississippi State football team mm-hmm. or 2004 through six. Yeah, watch those games. So, so Tennessee, no coffee on Rocky Top uh, this week in the SEC. Nationally, boy, did we have some options here. We had a lot of choices to make. We nearly got Notre Dame. Yep. Uh, nearly got A and M. Nearly, oh, they would have been the SEC one. They were so close. That was an incredibly disappointing game. Uh, we could have gone with Texas. We could have gone with Ohio State. Shout out to Joe Moorhead. The we, bearded one. Yeah. We could have gone with Southern. By the way, how did he get fat in Oregon? <laughs> like, I understand coming down to Mississippi and getting fat. They got good pizza. I mean, you're getting fat in vegan country. What are you eating? Well, he, he went from that. Butter. 
he went from the um, the the diet where you like starve yourself. Yeah. When he was like, yeah, I eat like one meal a day. Like the and quarantine like, oh, got God. him. I think he was just like, okay, I'm t- I'm starving. And he's, got the, the, he's rocking the full Santa beard. Yes. Like, you know what? He's living his best life. I love when Joe Moorhead grows the beard out. By the way, I'm I'm calling this right now. Joe Moorhead will be the next head coach at UConn. That's a perfect spot for him. That is a good spot. And he's, I, think. I think he's smart enough. I I, I know He'll Joe. Change it up a little bit. I think he's smart enough to have learned from his mistakes. Yeah. So, but, but I, here's one thing you can't deny: so, when that dude's just calling plays, he's as good one as of the it best gets. in the game. As good as it gets. That being said, Joe Moorhead gets coffee. Coffee for Joe Moore. He's a closer. Um, Could have gone with Ohio State though. Could have gone with Southern Cal. My God, Southern Cal lost to Stanford. Who Bad. Just, who just got blown out by Kansas State. Who just beat an FCS school by eight? They lost bad. Yeah. Well, uh, there was another game that had my attention too. Uh, oh, I know who the worst team in college football is. It's Colorado State. They lost to Vanderbilt. <laughs> who? Right now, Colorado State is zero two. They have a twenty point loss to an FCS team and a loss to Vanderbilt. But I say all that to say this: no coffee for Florida State. Mike Norvell, look. You know, like people are always like, what do you know about? You're not a coach. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. A lot of coaches are idiots. They're just not smart. They overthink. They're smart. They're too smart sometimes. They overthink things. So you have Mike Norvell saying, with six seconds left in a game you're up by, by three points over an FCS team, six seconds to go, they're on your their own 40, and you're saying, well, we didn't want to go full prevent here because they still had a timeout. Oh. I mean, that play was all. How do you not have six guys on the goal line say don't let them get in, and instead they give up a hail mary? By the way, Jacksonville State. I'm sure Houston Nut was like, "It happens, brother." <laughs> Welcome to the club, brother. Jacksonville State will get you. You got to watch out for them. If I'm if I'm Florida State, I'm especially if you have Jeremiah Masoli as your quarterback. <laughs> Next step for uh, Florida State: Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze should have get. <laughs> That's a great. That job. would actually be a That'd good be a hire. Great job for, for but Chase. he'd win big. Oh, and please, I, I I called for that last year. Please, please, Lord, if you are listening, I'm going to get a little, little little evangelical here. But if you could give me Hugh Freeze versus Dan Mullen in Florida, I, I, I promise, I promise, I'll go to church every Sunday. Every that Sunday, would be, that'd be incredible. I, I'll tithe. Let's go. The Episcopalians versus the convicts this time, huh? Who's the Episcopalian? I'm pretty sure Dan is. I'm not. I'm not going to call the con. Freeze's players weren't getting arrested at any Florida super high State. Court. Florida State. I get Miami's the con. They weren't getting arrested. They were getting arrested, but not at like not, not at we a, didn't know about. Not at, a, at the same clip that like they were robbing a they were robbing a bank or anything. No, I don't. Not that I know of. No, I don't know. Maybe you'll you don't have them. to rob a bank when they just give you the money. That's true. They just put it in the red duffel bag. They just rob convenient uh, grocery stores and get crab legs. That's Florida State. That's what I'm talking about. That was just a one guy. Good luck to him. Your quarterback. Good luck to him today. Let's go, Jameis. Start of a new era. All right. <laughs> uh, Florida State, no coffee for them uh, this week. Tomorrow's show, I'm going to do I'm gonna do a little research into that Washington State thing I talked about. We'll recap Leach's press conference. We'll have our SEC picks. Rumblings this week. Uh, I'll, I think the only person who covers Memphis is Jason Munns. So we'll get up with him and talk uh, about the Tigers. We got, we got some guys that uh, 
the uh, 247 site. Yeah, if good. you can hook me up with them, that'll be great. We'll, we'll, we'll talk some Memphis and get ready. Big game for Mississippi State. 3-0 and if they can win this game, and then 3-0 and heading into LSU. Chance for, for big, big game in Starkville in two weeks. But they got to win this one. And it's, hey. no, it's, no, it's no pushover for sure. Yeah, we talked. We we said preseason. This these first three games are big for yeah. Mississippi State. No they, I no mean, gimmies. they're about to run through the gauntlet here, so that's big. All before right. before we leave, we we talked about Tyler Threadgill yeah, last week. Yeah, gosh. And um, prayers were out for him and his family for recovery. Unfortunately, he has not recovered, and uh, he's passed away. And we just want to wish him, uh, his family well. Um, that's just an unfortunate situation, and you know. Growing up close to Philadelphia, we always heard about Tyler Threadgill, one of the fastest guys in the state of Mississippi, and came to Mississippi State, played football for Sylvester Kroom. He was just a few years older than me, just gone way too soon. It's it's always terrible to to lose a bulldog and to lose somebody that um, you know we've all grown accustomed to knowing and watching on the field, but somebody at that age that was still in great physical condition yeah. it's just really it's a tough, tough situation so really prayers tough. out to his family and loved ones agreed we're thinking about y'all right now all right on that somber note we will uh, let you out of here today back with you on tuesday morning for robbie falk i'm brian haydad thanks for listening to thunder and lightning on super talk mississippi a super talk mississippi media production